Are you tired of hearing people complain about the world and ready to own the responsibility to make the world a better place? Hey, my name is Brent Simpson and welcome to this episode of Creating the Future. I believe that within each of us is a yearning to make the world a better place. So let's work together and make that desire a reality. My hope is that today's conversation inspires you as you endeavor to create the future. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome back to Creating the Future. I hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you didn't eat too much turkey, but just enough. And I hope you had a great time with your family and friends around the holiday. So, hey, today we have a very special episode with my friend Cody Burns. Now, Cody is an award-winning speaker and best-selling author. Uh, he underwent an incredible shift in his life in 2013 through a horrific accident that left his body burned and scarred. And you're going to hear all about that in a few moments. Uh, after years of countless surgeries, and innumerable physical and uh, emotional hurdles. He since founded a nonprofit called the Burn Foundation and is on a mission to spread his story of inspiration, hope, and recovery to everyone he meets. Uh, he's been featured on TV shows and radio shows and also all around the world, and his message has incur- encouraged thousands. So I hope you are prepared to learn and be motivated in this uh, very special episode. I think you're going to love it. Uh, a couple of my big takeaways, he had a great acronym for CPR. Uh, you're going to love that. Make sure you listen in for that. And also had a great acronym for EPIC, which you can see in the show notes as well and get uh, some literature about that. So uh, lean in. You're going to love this conversation uh, with Cody Burns and this amazing inspirational story of turning tragedy into triumph. So lean in and uh, watch or listen to Cody's story. All right, Cody Burns, welcome to the show. Welcome to Creating the Future, buddy. Oh, thank you for having me. So glad to be here. Yeah, I, I love having you on here. You're not just a, uh, you, you know, you're not just, just don't have an amazing story. It's been a great journey to get to know you over the last few years and actually get to go to Israel with you and, and hang out in the Holy Land and get to know you on a personal level. And I love that because you get to look beyond the scars, so to speak, and see the real person underneath a little and, uh, and find out who they really are. And it's been a pleasure to get to know you these last couple of years. Uh, so Cody, let's let's uh, let's jump right into the you know the the, the big thing here and tell your story of uh, you know your tragedy and what you went through and in, in the chaos there. Yeah, well, I, I can kind of go back into my early years, and so I grew up in Southern Indiana. Mm-hmm. I now live in Riverview, and so I moved here in 2016. But for the majority of my young life, I was always involved in going to church, right. and at a young age, I was called to ministry. I had a, a wild imagination, as what my parents would say, <laughs> and so I uh, fell in love with juggling from my family taking me to the circus, yeah, yeah. and so I, I felt I was called to ministry um, at around 11 years old, mm-hmm. and I had seen the camp speaker juggling, and, and I thought, wow, how cool is that to be able to combine the talent with the message? Yeah, juggle and for Jesus, right? That's right. Juggle for Jesus. <laughs> Can't and go wrong so, with that. Heck yeah. And so, but that, that was the beginning. It was like some, an altar service that night. It was like, God said, that's what you're going to be doing. So fast forward, uh, probably 10 years, I was speaking at a kid's camp in Oklahoma city in front of hundreds of kids, very similar to the one that I mm-hmm. was called to ministry at. So, uh, very passionate about fulfilling this vision. I knew that the ministry God had for me was going to be international. Mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly how it would look. However, um, I was persistent. So in 2013, 
I was a children's pastor full-time along with traveling the country, speaking at kids' camps, conferences, et cetera. And then it would be on May 31st, 2013. It was on a Friday. Mm. And I was I had a meeting at a university, Vincent's, Indiana, Vincent's University. I was going to be doing a comedy and juggling show there the, the following weekend. And so I was meeting with the directors of the university. And it went great. On my way back to my church office, I was stopped at a red light on the highway. And so everything that I share is based off of police reports, uh, mm -hmm. witnesses, first responders. And what I am told is that I was parked behind a van and stopped at this red light. And I was rear-ended by a refrigerator box truck that was going full highway speed, 60, mm -hmm. 65 miles per hour showed no signs of stopping on impact of the box truck hitting my, I was in a Dodge Durango hitting my Dodge. Uh, my vehicle blows up into flames. Wow. And so the, the lady that was in front of me, she was in a minivan, her uh, vehicle went to one side of the intersection. Mine went into an embankment and uh, that luckily she was okay. Thank God. But when the first responders came to the scene, just by the looks of my car, they said it's a fatality. Mm -hmm. So they was helping the lady out of her van, the driver of the truck. He was fine. I, on the other hand, was left uh, for dead. And so, wow. however, God intervened and he took control in that moment. And so the first responders, one of them, saw my hand move. Mm -hmm. And there's images out there online where they can actually see my hand on the steering wheel. The sheriff's department took hundreds of photos. And once they saw that movement, uh, they began to change their plans. It took them a good hour to get me out of this thing. So just to break in, so 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 they were they just assumed you were dead because the you know your your car your Dodge Durango is engulfed in flames. So they're just essentially not risking you know in, in, getting involved, I guess, at that point until they see your hand move. Yes, exactly. It's well, so, it's just so incredible, so incredible. Yeah. Well, because in that moment, you know, from what they have said, you know, they're they know the lady's fine, however, or yeah. going to be okay, but they were still more concerned with her. Where if you see the images, you can understand as to why they would say he's dead. Right. Uh, but they said they they got me out. They had to get the jaws of life, pull me out of that thing, put me on a stretcher, and to their amazement, like I was talking to them. Hmm. I told them who I was, where I worked. I don't remember none of this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then they put me to sleep. Life flighted me to the hospital in Evansville, Indiana, which is the southern part of the state. And then they said, he's got severe burn injuries. We got to life flight him to a burn unit. So then they immediately redirected me to Indianapolis. They had one bed that had just opened up. One bed. Wow. And uh, they took me there. And there they would put me into a coma on full life support. And I would be in that for three weeks. And so I don't remember anything other than driving. Mm -hmm. Everything goes black. And then three weeks later, I'm waking up in a hospital bed to be told that my entire life as I knew it suddenly changed. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. How long was your recovery after that to get back to walking and, you know? Yeah. Well, coming to, uh, I'll say this too, because there's, there's a powerful message that I, I share from this is that coming to out of the coma, my family was there and I specifically always talk about my mom mm -hmm. and my mother was there. She said that, uh, you know, Cody, you've been severely burned. You know, your truck was, uh, your car was caught on fire and all these different things. She said, you know, your recovery is not going to be an easy journey, but no matter what, don't lose sight of your vision. Mm. 
And those words stuck with me and they still do to this day. And I think about how in life, oftentimes we need those individuals to be there for us, to encourage us to not lose sight of what's most important. And so, but my, I was in the unit for two and a half months in total. I had many surgeries. Yeah. Then once I left the burn unit, they took me by ambulance to a rehab center where I had to relearn to walk. I had to relearn to use my hands. I had severe burn injuries. And so I had 40% of my body severely burned. Um, my face had second degree, but then I had third degree and I had fourth degree burns. Mm. I never knew there was a fourth degree burn. Mm. And what that is, is it burns through all your fat cells down to bone and muscle. And in some cases it requires amputation. And I also had broken vertebrae. I had torn ligaments. I had a blood infection. I encountered two types of pneumonia. Many, many hurdles happened uh, during that time. But in the rehab center, I was there for six weeks, relearned to walk, multiple uh, hours, days, weeks of therapy. And then I had to do almost two years of outpatient occupational and physical therapy after that, Mm -hmm. as well as having many, many more surgeries. So yeah. it was a long haul. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you're hundred percent back now or how do you feel now? It's been what, seven years now? Yeah. Seven years. And, you know, I mean, the scars are there. Uh, you know, my, my fingers, uh, they can't, I can't do some of the things I used to do, but I tell you, considering I do pretty good. Yeah. And so to the surgeons, they would say, you know, Cody, he's fully recovered. Uh, however, they will say that, you know, burn injury, it's a lifelong injury. So, you know, there could be a few years from now, I may need to go in, have touch up some of my scars. I don't know. Uh, but I feel great and I can pretty well do almost everything, almost everything that yeah. I uh, used to yeah. before the accident. So, so, you know, that was seven years ago. You have all this long period of recovery time. It wasn't too long after that, that, that I had the privilege of meeting you and, uh, and then watching how you've used your scars to benefit other people has just been, just been beautiful to watch and how you take a tragedy, turn it into something that God can use and, and just bless people who are also walking through tragedies. So let, let's flip it quickly here and talk about what you're doing now um, to help other people with their scars and, and living their life. Yeah. So during that time, uh, obviously being involved in ministry and different things, it naturally transitioned to where I'm speaking and I'm sharing this story. Yeah. Um, it did. I did go through a period of time though where my faith was rocked. Yeah. And you know, you wonder why would God allow something like this to happen to me? This was mm-hmm. not what I had envisioned. And so I will credit um, many, many mentors and my support system that I had. Uh, put in place previously before all this had happened, they reached out to me and they guided me through that. And so my faith, uh, even though I, I had moments of questioning, it actually grew stronger. Mm-hmm. And I will quote what Dave Reaver, um, a great man of God, has he shares and he um, spoke to me and it says, you know, Cody, God did not do this to you, but he allowed it to happen because he could trust you with the scars. Mm-hmm. And so I look at my life in that same light uh, God has been very faithful through all of this. And so churches from around the country uh, began reaching out. I had spoken in many, many churches previously with doing kids stuff. Right. However, the audience really, uh, it went from not just you know speaking to children, but more so adults, young adults. And it, it's opened up the doors in the burn survivor community, hospital professionals. I've spoken in correctional facilities. And even in the corporate world and college world. And so it's, it's been quite amazing. Seven years out, 
from that incident, it's really turned into something uh, much bigger than, uh, you know, this mi- ministry, the vision, I always knew it was going to be big and, and it's still growing. I still believe it's in the early stages, but um, it's been quite remarkable to see how far it's come. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Let me, let me throw out the big question. Cause you've, you've lived it. Um, you are not a bad person. You're not a drug dealer, rapist, whatever, right? You're not a bad person that walks through what uh, seems like just, just a tremendous tragedy that's not your fault. So the age-old apologetic question that I'm just going to throw at you and see how you would respond to it, having walked through it, why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. Well, and we can go deep into this. I, 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 You've I, lived I, it. <laughs> I, yeah, but I, I, I love this stuff because it really caused me to study apologetics and there's different takes from different ones. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I talk a lot about God is, he, he's sovereign, he's in control, but I personally believe that there is an amount or at least for a period of time, he has given human, humans the ability to choose and make decisions, uh, free will. We have that to a point. And so, you know, I, I think with, with in the case with me, with the driver of the truck, he was operating in his free will that day. Uh, but, be, you know, I, did I, do I believe God knew it was going to happen? Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe that he knew the final outcome. And granted, there are some cases where people aren't so fortunate. And that's where we go to that uh, passage in Isaiah where, you know, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. He he knows the the beginning and the end. We ain't going to have all the answers this side of heaven. Uh, But I, uh, I, I like to believe that that is the case with this. And so I believe there's a lot of good people. It rains on the just and the unjust, no matter if I'm a Christian or not a Christian, things are just going to happen. And so I guess in a roundabout way that kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so good. So what would you say, um, you know, you do a lot of uh, ministry and, and help now with burn survivors and, and just people like that in general that have gone through a hard time of some sort. Uh, what do you, what do you say to a person that's walking through the middle of that? And, you know, it's real easy to say, you know, life's not fair. And, you know, I hope all of us have learned that somewhere along the way that life is not fair at the exact same moment that the phrase is not always helpful. It might be true. And it's definitely better to, to go at life, recognizing it's not going to be fair to any of us. But when you're in a moment that just seems like it's completely unfair, that, that can be just, just catastrophic and, and people become suicidal and they just want to end it all and, and wondering if it's worth it. Uh, you know, you've been in those kind of shoes and you've been working with other people in those kind of boats. Um, what, what would you say to somebody who's in that place? Yeah. And you know, First of all, I mean, that, and that's the thing too. I, I always try to express to people is that I don't know a hundred percent what you're going through. Yeah. You know, I only know from my take and my side of the story, right. Right. um, love them to the best of my ability. That's all I can do. Show them God's love and let them know that there is hope. Mm-hmm. And you know, my heart breaks because there are situations out there where you wonder why is this individual going through such challenging times? And you know, I, I think one of the greatest privileges we have as believers is knowing that this earth is not our final home and everything in this world, it truly is temporary and you have to appreciate 
all the things that you do have and the things that you can do and recognize that you're not alone. Number one, there's a lot of other people. I think about whenever I was up in the burn unit, so many uh, other survivors were up there and there was a few of them that didn't make it out. And so granted what caused their injuries, it may have been different. Uh, but you know, just know that there's hope. And I always talk about like, if, if I'm telling somebody, they feel like they need hope. They're in a season where they're just feeling very discouraged. Um, there's this acronym uh, CPR, you know, surround yourself with a good community, mm. uh, individuals that are going to empower you and help you uh, to grow in a good way. Mm. And people will often say, well, Cody, I didn't come from a good Christian home or a family like you had. And, and that may be the case. And, and, and I, I hate I hate that that, you know, may be. However, when you turn 18 and you have that ability to uh, somewhat take control of your life, you are then put in a position to surround yourself with individuals that will uh, encourage you to go to the next level. So find people, reach out. There are so many resources available. Find a community that's going to encourage you. Then we have the, uh, the P which is patience. Understand it's going to take time to get to where you want to go, but you're going to make it. You're going to get there. Mm, That's good. And then we have the R, which is renew your mind. So in the process of it all, your personal devotion to God, reading his word, listening to good, encouraging podcasts, finding good books, most importantly, God's word. Uh, But through it all, you know, it's challenging. I ain't going to say that it's not. I mean, because it's easier said than done. And, uh, but I pray that encourages somebody. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. How, how about this one? Having been through the tragedy that you've been through, what would you say to family members for how they should respond to somebody? Cause I feel like a lot of times, you know, when you're a family member or, or really a close friend, you really don't know what to say. And so because you don't know what to say, sometimes you end up saying stupid things, right? You, you say axioms and, and things that you've heard that just, this probably aren't very helpful. Um, how would you coach a, a family member or a loved one to talk to somebody that's walked through a significant tragedy? Yeah, I think just simply being there. And sometimes it's, it's not a matter of you saying anything, uh, just, just being present. And because I think, too, in those moments, whenever I was going through what I went through, the last thing I wanted somebody to do was preach at me. Right. I, I, you know, I, I didn't want to hear a motivational quote or, you know, <laughs> a, a verse, you know, people on social media, although they mean good, they would quote things. And in my mind in that moment, I'm like, just shut up. Just, <laughs> just shut up. I don't care. Right. I don't want to hear it. Right. And so, and the same way with family it's like sometimes in those moments where they just, they, they don't want to be talked to just, just listen. And they may react out of sadness or, or in anger whatever the case may be, just try to display love to the best of your ability. And yeah, it, the, you know, it takes time. Healing takes time, but yeah. yeah. So good. All right. So, so we all want to thrive in life, but yet at the same time, we all face these different adversities that are going to come at us. Uh, some adversities are going to be bigger than others. I mean, right now we're in, we're at the time of this, we're, we're in the recording of, um, or during the pandemic of COVID 
And so that's going to create adversities. Uh, that's going to create adversities on top of adversity. So if you already had depression, you already had anxiety, this is only going to amplify it and make it worse. Um, financial problems, you already had marital problems, you already had, this is just going to make it worse. So you walk through these difficult seasons of adversity. What would you say to somebody, no matter what the season is, who is walking through those moments and just, just how to keep going forward? Yeah. And there's a powerful quote. I've got it up here on my wall and it's uh, by Caitlin Walsh. And it says the key to success is playing the hand you were dealt like it was the hand that you wanted. Mm. And That's you know, so you can, you can look at this as an opportunity to uh, destroy you or an opportunity to enhance you. And oftentimes our pain is where we learn the most about ourselves and about life. Yeah. And it will make us stronger in the long run. And, you know, I can throw out another acronym yeah. <laughs> and it's epic. And, and so I, I teach this a lot. You know, the E is embrace challenges. No matter what stage of life you're at, whether okay, we can take this professionally or we can take this in our personal lives. Challenges will always present themselves at one level or another. So true. And then we have the P, provide perspective. All right. Look at the situation, reframe it, and then find the lessons you can learn through this challenge. Then we have the I, implement the changes, implement those lessons. Mm -hmm. And then the C is celebrate. Celebrate and out of that celebration, serve, serve others. So celebrate your story. Celebrate, celebrate the fact that you're here, that you're alive. And celebrate the small wins. All right. You, you woke up this morning. That's a win. Mm -hmm. uh, you was able to take a shower. That's a win. And so just find those little things, celebrate them, celebrate the fact that you're here. Same way with my scars. I celebrate them. I show them off proudly because it gives me an opportunity to be able to serve others and to encourage mm -hmm. them in their low moments. My scars represent the hell that God brought me out of. Wow. And that is, uh, that is hope. And, and it speaks life into somebody else's situation. And that, that's so good right there. You, your, your scars show you what God has brought you through. So many times we want to hide our scars. We want to hide what we've been through, which are really the testimonies that can bring God glory and really not just bring God glory, but also in the practical side of it, just help other people. Because uh, the more we hide our scars, the more we don't show other people what they can make it through and, and how they can uh, survive what they're hap what's happening to them. Or happening around them. Uh, yeah, I think we can put it in uh, the show notes too for this show too, the, um, your free PDF that you'll put out there for the epic life game plan from, from Cody. So is that cool? We can put that out there for everybody? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. All right. So let's, let's end the show by, by going all the way to the other side. So now you are a number one best-selling author. You are a award-winning speaker. Uh, you, you've spoken all over the place. You do some really cool things in the business community. So just like catch us up how tragedy and your scars get turned into something beautiful and, and really kind of a career that you end up being an international speaker, but not in the way you had originally intended, you know, seven, eight, nine years ago. Yeah. And, and so I, you know, people off, they ask me all the time, I say, would you go back and would you change what happened to you? And I can honestly say that, no, I would not because it has, it has taught me so much about life and I'm 30. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a young man. However, it has allowed me to grow and, and to mature in ways that I wouldn't have if I hadn't gone through this. Right. And, and so it truly has became this platform that's allowed me the uh, honor truly and, and privilege to be able to share God's love and, and encourage others in the midst of their pain. So 
I mean, there's so many stories I could share of people that have been encouraged. I mean, we, I have a burn foundation too, that has came about from this. We have been able to raise many, many thousands of dollars that have been given to the emotional support of burn survivors, as well as uh, being able to help burn and medical research. And so it's quite amazing from that side of things. Uh, I mean, you, you hear stories, uh, I've heard stories, people come up to me that were suicidal because of the word of encouragement I was able to share, mm-hmm. you know, administer to them, they have hope. So, I mean, there's been so many uh, story after story I could share and, and to, to hear all that, it's like my vision is taking place. And I know that, you know, my life, it, it's not, it's not my own. It's not for my own glorification. I'm not here to uh, boost my ego. It's truly, I'm, I'm here by the grace of almighty God. And I credit him for anything good that has came about in my life. And I know that, you know, there's that powerful saying that we, we have in the church, you know, life is short, death is certain, but eternity is long. Oh, and so for this time we have here on earth, I want to make the most of it. And uh, I'm doing just that. I think we need uh, a positive message. We need Jesus more so now than ever mm-hmm. in the midst of COVID and all that is happening in our world. And so I'm looking at it as an opportunity to rise up instead of backing down. Love it. Love it. All right. So if somebody wants to get a hold of you, they want to buy your, your book, Scar Release, Breaking Free of Yesterday's Troubles. We want them to all jump onto your podcast too and listen to that. That's, that's a great one too. So, so how do they find you? What's the names of all these? Where, where are all these at? Yes. If they go to my website, codyburns.com, C-O-D-Y-B-Y-R-N-S.com, they'll be able to find on there where it has different links to my social media. I'm really active on Instagram, LinkedIn as well. And then my book, if they want to download the first chapter of it for free, they can do so off my website. Uh, There is my podcast, Scar Release Podcast. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube as well. And uh, then the coaching program, that link, um, Epic Life Game Plan, they can download that PDF. And mm-hmm. so, but all of it can be accessible through my website, codyburns.com. Yeah, and I think, because uh, we have some business leaders who listen to this podcast as well. So if you, if, if, uh, you wanted Cody to come out and speak for your business, do a little motivational talk or what have you, I think you do all those kind of things as well, right? Absolutely. There's topics available on my website and the takeaways that I have for those in attendance. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Cody, thank you so much for being with us on creating the future. And uh, we look forward to seeing you again in the future and and, uh, plotting you as you continue to live out the plan that God has for you. All right. Uh, God bless you. you. God bless you, brother. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today, and I especially hope it added value to you. If you enjoyed it, would you do me a favor and give us a five-star rating on your podcast provider? It really helps to get the word out. And of course, if you share this content with your friends, that would be great too. And until next time, I hope you continue creating a better future. I look forward to being with you again soon.